This evening, we'll be in Psalm 34. And in Psalm 34, we see that in this psalm that David, it tells us this is something he wrote when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. When Abimelech drove him away and he departed. And in this psalm, he tells others that they ought to try crying out to God. That they ought to try following the Lord. Because doing so has such wonderful benefits. The fact that God is willing to hear when he cries out is wonderful. But even more so, the fact that God is willing to bless him for being obedient to him, he says, is wonderful. And these are things that we can rejoice in. We'll start reading there in Psalm 34 and verse 1, where it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate before we go any further I ask that you join me in prayer God we thank you that you're a God who answers when people call upon you that you're a God who wants people to turn to you to try following you you see what wonderful 
things that you do. That you tell us that you bless those who live the way that you want us to live. We pray this evening that you give me the words that need to be spoken. Help us to take this message to apply it in our lives. And this would be your words, not my own. We pray for our church that you would guide us in the direction you would have us to go. We pray especially for those around us who are lost, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Help us to be people who share the gospel with them before it's too late. We pray for the many that are on our prayer list. We pray that you meet those needs in accordance with your will and help us to understand your will as you do so. We pray for those of our church family that aren't here. That you'd watch over them take care of them in this time. Those that are traveling, keep them safe. Be with Brother KP as he's recovering from being sick. We pray that you help us when we leave here today to take not just what we see in this passage, but all that we see throughout your word and to apply it in our lives. We pray that you'd help us to live in a way that brings honor and glory to you and to turn from those things that shouldn't be doing that our lives would be lives that reflect obedience to you and all that we do we ask all these things in Jesus name because we love him amen <laughs> don't we see a lot of times that people nowadays expect God to bless them regardless of how they live we see this wrong notion that you can just live the way you want do whatever you want never call upon God or just call upon him like you would something else just for an emergency situation and put him back on the shelf but that was not what David was talking about here he's saying you know try this out see how wonderful it is and stick with it and change your life to reflect it. He's saying, yes, taste and see. And then you're going to want to go back and stick with this. Look at how wonderful God is. And look at how blessed you'll be if you live the way you ought to live. That's what David is encouraging others to do in this song. We see a couple of things in this passage this evening. We see, first of all, that God hears those who call upon him. Look at the way he starts this off. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. He says, let's praise God. Let's praise the Lord. And what a fitting way for him to start off this song, which would have been a song that they would have sung. Much like our songs in our hymnal, the Psalms were their hymnal of that day. 
And so he starts this off, and what is he praising God for? He says in verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. He says, you know, I was looking for the Lord. I was seeking him. But he heard me. He listened when I cried out to him. He listened to him and he took care of me. He heard what I was crying out for and he handled that for me. It says they looked unto him and were light and their faces were not ashamed. Here's a God who hears and a God who answers. He says in verse 6, this poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, David didn't have everything together. David didn't have his act all perfect. We know that David made mistakes. But he says, you know, in spite of that, he says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. Not only that, he says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. What a wonderful thing. He says, You know, I cry out to God, He hears me, He sends the angel of the Lord to watch out for me. He even says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. He says, try following God and look how blessed you'll be. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He says, look how good it was for me when I called upon God. Why don't you try the same thing? Taste and see. He even says, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. He's saying not just to call upon him, but to call upon him in reverence. And he says, and he'll hear you, and he'll answer, and you won't be sitting there wishing that he'd answer. It says the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. He says God would hear his prayer. Because, you know, the lions, they don't have God to call upon. Because they suffer. But he says they seek the Lord. He's not saying they don't have problems. He says, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You know, God doesn't forget about his people. God doesn't leave his people without something that he knows that they need. He says, call upon God and he will take care of you. Trust in him. He'll take care of you. And he's telling others, look how it's worked for me. Why don't you try it? And see how wonderful it is. 
Now, I love the way he puts it there in verse 8. He says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, it amuses me. Summer's at that age where a lot of things to her don't look like they're going to be appealing. But yet, I can talk her into trying things. I tell her, you know, taste it. Try this out. I may eat it myself so she can see that I like it. And there's a lot of things that the kids have tried that they thought was going to be yucky according to them, but then they tried it and they liked it. Summer will sit there now and eat cottage cheese until the world looked level. Because she saw me eat it and I talked her into trying it. Now I have to hurry in there and get to the tub before she eats it all. Kids will get into my boudin if I've got boudin fixed. They like that. But they looked at it first and said, that's, that's yucky. Until I told them to try. Things that they didn't think they'd like, but I said, taste it. See what it tastes like. No. People ought to try following God. It's worth it. And that's what David is saying here. He says, look how much, how much good comes from it. He's saying, look, I like it. Why don't you try it? Because David recognized something. He recognized that the Lord is willing to hear all who will call upon him. Notice what he tells him. He says, you know, this poor man cried. And the Lord heard it. He says, you know, I didn't really deserve it. I didn't really have the worth that I ought to have been. One that he hears his cries, but he says, the Lord heard me anyways. Why don't you try? Isn't that wonderful? He wanted others to enjoy the same thing he enjoyed because he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He's basically saying the only thing that's better than calling upon God is calling upon God and knowing that others are doing the same thing. Because he knows that God is a God who hears when people call upon him. He knows that God is a God who answers prayers. He knows that God's a God who takes care of his people. You know, we see, first of all this evening, that we can call upon God and trust that he hears. Isn't that wonderful to know, just like David did, that in spite of who we are, in spite of our faults and failures, I can say, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard me. Save me out of all my troubles. I can say that God hears when I call. He listens 
He may not give me everything I want, but he gives me everything I need. And that's wonderful. We can call upon God and trust that he hears. And that's what he's telling us here. But we see not only does God hear those who call upon him, we see something else. We see that God blesses those who follow him, who live the way he wants them to live. Look at what he says in verse 11. He says, Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now in verse 9, as he's talking about you know, calling upon God, and he's saying, Oh, fear the Lord, he says, you want to know how to fear the Lord? Come here, I'll teach you. And he says, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Now, that's a good question. He asks, you know, who wants to live? Who wants to live to be a ripe old age? Who wants, he says, to see good? I think most people would say they do. And so his answer to that is this. He says, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. First of all, he says that they need to speak appropriately. He says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Now you want to talk about a quick way to Get yourself in trouble is with your tongue. James tells us that over in the New Testament. He devotes quite a bit of time to the tongue. Compares it to a number of things. Because he tells us You know, the tongue is kind of like a little rudder on a ship. A little small thing. Turns the whole ship. It says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Pretty easy to veer from living for God by using our mouth. I know a wonderful man here in town who his actions seems to be he would seem to be a very good person but his mouth says otherwise. He'll talk about the Bible and use profanity in the same sentence. And that's the exact kind of things he's talking about here. Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking guile. Don't allow your mouth to lead you into sin. He even says, depart from evil and do good. So not just our speech, but our actions. He says, depart from evil and do good. <coughs> Two 
parts to that. He says, depart from evil. Quit doing the things that you ought not do. Now we understand that part. As Christians, we know our Ten Commandments. We learn them in Sunday school. We get to depart from evil. We know that we're not supposed to do certain things. Whether we always get that right or not, we know it. He says, and do good. The other half of that is that we need to be doing what we ought to be doing. And we can get that first half and then leave the second half out. And he says, seek peace and pursue it. So not just seeking peace, but actively pursuing peace. Actively working towards what God wants. And what does he say about this person who's living and acting and speaking the way that God wants them to do? He says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. You know, God blesses the righteous. We see that in scripture, it's plain. It says, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So in contrast, God can't stand sin. He says, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. You know, how many things well, we keep ourselves out of if we lived the way God wanted us to live. How many situations would he get us out of if we'd only do what he asked? And he says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. How do we get to this point? He says, broken heart and a contrite spirit. need to get to that point that we're not self-proud, self-righteous, but truly righteous. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. See, he tells us the righteous have problems. Those who are living for God have problems. When he's saying, you know, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing, in verse 10, he's not saying there's no problems for a righteous person. There's no problems for someone who seeks the Lord. But he says, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Now, does the Lord always deliver us the way we want? Not at all. But he does delivers he doesn't forget about us and you know verse 20 kind of points out one of the ways he says he keepeth all his bones not one of them is broken and kind of a foreshadowing there pointing to events of the future that show us how God delivers 
those who turn to him and who are willing to follow him. You look over in John 19. It tells the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. Now here's two unrighteous men, but the one who was truly righteous. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Now who's righteous? Jesus Christ. And yet, we are covered by His righteousness. When we have a broken heart and contrite spirit, when we realize we can't do it on our own. He delivers us through His own Son. It says, evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You know, he redeems us. He redeems those of us who are willing to call upon Jesus Christ and who are willing to follow him. Not just a half-hearted, oh, yes, I, I'm going to cry out to God for two seconds here because I think things are bad, and then go back to the way I want. Because what does the Bible say about that? It says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they were of us, they would have continued with us. But those who follow, he redeems through his own son. And David here says, let's, let's do that. You want to live a long life? You want to live a good life? Live for the Lord. Because of what he's done for you. Now how many times have you done something for somebody that's helped you pretty big and they thank you and you say, it's, it's the least I could do. We've all heard that, haven't we? We've probably all said that to somebody at some point because they've done something for us and our gesture of appreciation wasn't halfway what they did for us. We look at what Jesus Christ did for us. Look at how much God loved us that he sent his only son 
that he's the one is talking about there when it says he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken, talking about how he was crucified for what you and I have done wrong. You want to know what the least we could do is? Is live the way he wants us to live. To follow him obediently. If God loves us enough to send his son for us, then obedience is certainly the least that we could do. You know, so many folks call themselves believers in Jesus Christ. I think it's a sad commentary on our world today. I said, you hear folks call themselves believers. Use profanity in the same sentence. Act wrongly while they're saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. What does David say here? It says, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You hear so many say, well, I'm a pretty good person. What does it say in verse 18? The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Those who realize, I'm not that good. I can't do it on my own. But I want to live for my sake. That's the kind of people he's talking about here. You know, we can live obediently to God if we desire his blessing. If you want God to bless your life, I think so many want that today. We see people always saying that they want God to bless them in this or God to bless them in that. I can promise you one surefire way to see God bless you is to live for Him, to live obediently to Him. Call upon Him, but live like you believe in Him. I think folks will see God bless them a whole lot more if they live according to his word. That's what David is saying here. If you want God to bless you, live like it. You know, we see here in this psalm, David is telling others, he says, you know, come taste and see, come try calling upon God. I want to call on God with you, he says. You know, let's magnify the Lord Together, let's exalt his name together. Let's all be people who call upon the Lord. Come try it with me, he says, because it worked for me. And he also tells them, he says, you want to live a good, happy, long life? Try being obedient. Try doing what God asks. Now David, like I said, he made his mistakes. He messed up. We know his mistakes are recorded in Scripture. 
But yet the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. I think a lot of that has to do with what it says there in verse 18 where it says the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. Because you see, when David had his sins pointed out to him, that's the kind of attitude he had. It's not saying we always get it right, but when we realize the error of our ways, that we want to live for our Savior. You know, what we can take away from this this evening is that we can call upon God and live obediently as believers in Jesus Christ. Certainly, the first thing we've got to have is we've got to turn to Jesus Christ. If you want a relationship with God, you've got to do that. See that over in the book of Acts. The question is asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, call upon him. Turn to him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But then what do we have to do after that it doesn't stop there. We need to live for Christ. We need to live in a way that reflects what we believe. The Bible tells us that we shouldn't continue living the way we used to because we're saved by grace, but that we don't sin more so that, that grace gets furthered because that's not the way it works. Instead, we are saved to go on and live for Christ. That's what we need to do as believers in Jesus Christ. It's not just call upon Him, but let our belief affect our lives that we live what we believe. That our actions reflect what we say. Our speech reflects what we say. Everything about us shows that we believe that Jesus Christ died for us and rose again. That's what we ought to be doing as believers in Jesus Christ. 